Is Lombardi Lenny about to get a massive workload this season? Which Giants wideout is more likely to be the bounce-back player in 2022? And which AFC West pass catcher has his time running out before he vaults up those ADP rankings? Plus, Chris Ballard, the $100,000 winner in the 2021-2022 Football Guys Playoff Challenge and owner of nearly 150 FFPC Dynasty teams is going to join us for some Dynasty chatter, including Alvin Kamara, Jalen Waddell, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. And Farrell, I got to tell you, so so uh, just to bring the listeners behind the curtain here a little bit, broadcasting from, as you put it, my radio station, your or my radio. terrestrial radio station, yes, in Northeast Wisconsin, um, and that's why we have the the lovely Aaron Rodgers, um, uh, not pin up, but you know the the stand up, the cutout posted up here in the in the studio. Um, and I tried pulling a fast one on my listeners today uh, and my co-hosts. Actually, I I said that the Packers ship Jordan Love, a second round pick and a, a fifth round pick to Seattle for Tyler Lockett and uh, and a fifth rounder and a begging pardon and a seventh rounder. And I got to tell you, we got a lot of smart people listen. Uh, because nobody was fooled. <laughs> I see how you had to correct it from a fifth to a seventh. You wanted yeah. to it just perfect. Foggy, you've had your head in too many dynasty chats over yeah. the last few days as we cut down to the Magic 16. We um, That was a big day uh, this past week. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, on the show tonight. And that's not all. Coming up, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the Kansas City backfield now with more Ronald Jones added to it. Uh, who should be your number two rookie running back after Brees Hall? Assuming Brees Hall is your number one rookie running back. And then the $100,000 winner of the 2020, 2021-2022 uh, Football Guys Playoff Challenge and owner of almost 150 FFPC Dynasty teams, Chris Ballard is going to pop on. Uh, he's going to discuss how the interesting way he found out he won the 100K. That's He, already, he told me that off, off air, so we're going to get into that. That's an enjoyable story. Um, we're also going to get uh, some dynasty analysis from him on what you should be doing with Joe Mixon and then the tough cuts he had to make in order to get down to uh, cut down, in order to get down to the Sweet 16 on those FFPC dynasty rosters and much more. Obviously, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Learn more about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship that Farrell runs at kffsc.com. Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. And if you have any questions for us, send those in right now, the tweets, the emails. Um, if you're live on YouTube with us right now, following along 
You can uh, post your questions right in that chat. We'll get to them as well. Uh, we'll get to as many as we can in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to uh, audio engineer, my best friend, Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Uh, a couple of housekeeping things uh, up at the top of the show that I want to remind everybody. The Dynasty Orphans that are available at myffpc.com slash Dynasty for sale are going fast. Um, in fact, the deals are, they're still there, but they're getting few and far between. So make sure if you want to scoop up a dynasty reclamation project, like Chris Ballard, our, um, uh, guest tonight has done and done very successfully. Um, we're going to talk with him about that, but if you want to pick those up, myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale, we have less than four weeks to go in the never too early best ball tournament. If you saw the FFPC email that went out Friday morning or Friday afternoon, um, there it's already over 60% full. So this could sell out before the cutoff of April 28th. If you want to get on that, take a shot at 25 grand, make sure you're doing that now. Um, main event 2022 for FFPC million dollar grand prize. And of course, plenty of slow live uh, sit and go best ball options at myffpc.com. run the daylight championship is taking registration at kffsc.com. And of course the draft master is going on at kffsc.com as well. I'm in one right now. I just picked Chris Olave, I believe in the ninth round. Very excited about that. Um, I, I say this now in March when it gets to be October, November, I may be less excited or maybe more excited. I don't know uh, how it's going to be. We haven't talked a lot about Chris Olave. We'll get to more uh, dynasty chatter here now that we are kicking off the month of April here in the high stakes fantasy football hour. And let's kick off fantasy flash right now, Farrell, uh, to begin with. Um, Ian Rappaport, I know this is kind of a weird one to begin with, but this is FFPC tight end premium, so we have to bring it up. Ian Rappaport has says, uh, has said Cleveland is actually working on an extension for David and Joku right now. And apparently there's confidence. Remember, he was franchise tagged by the Browns. There's confidence um, that this is going to be done by the mid-July deadline. Now, no Austin Hooper because they released him. He's got um, two games of seven or more uh, targets in the last five years. So the, the, um, the, the, um, the track record is simply not there. But you have a team that's believing in him right now, Farrell. And because he's a super athletic former first-round tight end, I think this is a guy we should not be sleeping on. No, and we are sleeping on him. And people ask me, Balky, they say, when is free agency over? And technically, the answer to that question is never. And we, the listeners have heard us often talk about negotiating through the tag. And that's what Cleveland, who has a lot of unfinished business to take care of at the first part of free agency, is doing with Njoku. And I think this player, with whatever quarterback is under center in Cleveland, this player should be dependent on and uh, demands respect uh, across the FFPC. He's not being drafted enough. He's being drafted very late. He's a significant bargain right now. And so everyone that wants to get off the bench and, and play in the never too early uh, best ball slim, uh, he's a player to keep very much on your cheat sheet with a circle around him. David Njoku uh, currently going at tight end 23. He is a early 13th round pick right now uh, uh, behind uh, Robert Tunyon, who's coming off the ACL, and then Evan Engram, who got paid on a weird prove-it contract because Jacksonville gave him a lot of money for a prove-it contract, but he's going behind those guys. He's actually going ahead of Gerald Everett from the Los Angeles Chargers and right ahead of Hayden Hurst, who is now on the Cincinnati Bengals. So that is where Njoku can be had. I have a feeling uh, Farrell's right. He is not going to be tight end 23 for very much longer, especially once they hammer out this deal. He's going to be shooting up draft boards. Let's go to Tampa Bay Times' Rick Stroud's report. Uh, he said that the Bucs will run the more, uh, run the ball more under Todd Bowles than they did uh, as opposed to Bruce Arians. Um, 
Tom Brady is still the quarterback there, and they have had the second highest pass rate over expected uh, this past year. They had the highest neutral pass rate last year and fourth highest the year before that. So they would still throw the ball even when they had the lead to protect the lead, the old Andy Reid Philadelphia thing, throw the ball to tech, uh, protect the lead uh, even in the second half. Now, if they're going to run the ball more um, under Todd Bowles, that's obviously going to benefit Leonard Fournette, who re-upped with them on a three-year contract. And they also signed Giovanni Bernard today um, to a one-year deal as well. You would expect him to be the pass catcher out of the backfield once again. I don't know where Kishon Vaughn uh, fits into this at all. Um, we also saw some rumors or some reports that Tampa could be looking at maybe drafting Brees Hall at the end of the first round with their pick. Uh, there, That would obviously muddy the waters here. But I think, Farrell, right now, getting this report, is this something you see and you're like, okay, this is legit or – you know what, when it gets down to it, Brady's going to be audibling. They're not going to actually do this when, when the real bullets start flying. This is going to be a passing team. How do you handle this when you know that you could be sitting on something special in Leonard Fournette that may not turn out to be that special when the season actually starts? Uh, I think Fournette will remain special because he, here developing later in his career is his skills as a pass catcher. Now, um, Brady, despite uh, the fact that he loves to spin it, um, Brady is at first a team quarterback. He, he's, he's one of the greatest teammates that, that uh, players have ever played with. That's why they all come and, and want to re-up and want to stay there. Everybody knows that story. When we look at Tampa, um, in addition to their first-round pick, they have four picks in the first 133 players. In my brief visit to the Combine on two days this year, I, I learned one thing, and that's that the running backs, there were 36 of them invited there, and I heard it from more than one scout and more than one media person, uh, all a buzz about the running backs. Uh, 36 guys, all of them help themselves. And so it's a it's a draft. Um, for instance, I'll give you one guy. He's a New Orleans-raised uh, running back that played in the SEC. I think his name is Tyler Batty. Last name Batty. I think I have the first name right. He played at Missouri, 1,600 yards rushing, over 50 catches, hasn't dented any of the best ball drafts that I'm in. That's the kind of talent and production that's out there. And that's what's going to be available to Tampa and a lot of other teams. Expect to see uh, rookie running backs. And, and as you look at all three days of the draft, uh, think about late round running backs, free agent running backs, uh, James Robinson of late, Arian Foster in previous years. Many others, but it's a fascinating year for the young running backs. So keep that in mind, uh, especially as you're putting together your uh, classic rosters. I, I notice a lot of guys uh, uh, just stacking up running backs that are likely not to play and have left some of their best play behind them. Uh, young running backs will be available once the, uh, once the season starts. Uh, stack up some other positions. Um, Hudson Kern Reeve in the chat room right now. He wants to know with this Giovanni Bernard signing is Kishan uh, Vaughn's value dead. And to me, I mean, I don't know what, what, how deep a best ball you have to be in to, to draft Kishan Vaughn, but man, he's not on my radar at all. Um, he was up until the Bernard signing because now he's the third guy in the pecking order. And as you pointed out, Farrell, there's going to be some uh, undrafted free agents and some young running backs that are, are going to be drafted potentially by Tampa as well. I'm off. I'm off Vaughn completely. No, uh, and and Geo uh, did not play well last year. He did not. He didn't contribute well. I don't know if he was hurt. Um, you know, another reason the ratio uh, 
in Tampa, even if they do run the more the ball more, the ratio is still going to suggest pass. Uh, but to take it back to Leonard Fournette, where we started in this conversation, he really does a lot with what they let him do. So I like Leonard Fournette as a draft pick here. And prior to the draft, if you're drafting, uh, fill up those 18, 19, 20 rounds with, with some of these rookie running backs because you might be very, very pleased. Yeah, no question. Totally agree with you. Leonard Fournette in the never-too-early best ball draft right now, uh, best ball tournament uh, that's going on. Running back 13, he is going on average at 306. This is behind Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones. He's going right ahead of Antonio Gibson and Saquon Barkley. Gibson, whose value obviously plummeted a little bit with the re-signing of J.D. McKissick. Um, we get all these ADP values and all this draft information from FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter. Darren Armani does a great job with that, and we want to thank him for everything he does, uh, including putting the pros versus Joes together, which we'll get to uh, just in a few months here uh, coming up on this program. Um, Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, said – I mean, implied, I guess, uh, that they would be more of a run-based offense again this season. This is according to Inquirer.com, not NationalInquirer.com, Inquirer.com. Uh, Sirianni says the main stats that they're always focused on are, did we win the explosive play battle, and did we win the turnover battle? He says it doesn't matter if you're run-heavy, pass-heavy, whatever. Now, here's what's interesting. Last year, he had a balanced offensive uh, approach until about midseason – when he decided he was going to let Jalen Hurts run the ball a little bit more. Uh, the Eagles last year, a league low 43% pass rate. And when they were um, uh, leading in the second half of last season, they were running the ball almost 70% of the time. This hurts Devontae Smith. It hurt Devontae Smith. It hurt Dallas Goddard as well. But the rushing yards it piled up for Hurts and Sanders and everything, it was great. Hertz is reportedly working on his passing in California. But remember, he had a good chance to finish uh, as the as fantasy football's top-scoring quarterback last year before he had that ankle injury that stopped him. Now, here's what's interesting about this. You'd think, oh, running – I mean, we all want running quarterbacks. We all want the, the cheap rushing stats, rushing touchdowns that really accentuate um, how good uh, a quarterback can be. Jalen Hurts can be a much better fantasy um, quarterback than a real life quarterback, and yet fantasy owners, Farrell, quarterback 12 at the 803 in the never too early best ball tournament right now. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, three guys that really don't run the ball at all, all going in front of them right now. Are we, as a as an industry, as, as FFPC players, KFFSC players, are we sleeping on the potential of Jalen Hurts to let him fall as far as he is right now? People didn't sleep on Hurts last year, and um. <laughs> that bit them somewhat. Uh, he was a little higher. I'm comfortable with where he is now. I think this is, I wouldn't mind if I was going to wait on quarterback to make him my first quarterback because of, of the reasons of the type of games and the division that he plays in. Now, the thing about Coach Sirianni, whatever he said today, he'll say something contrary to it almost immediately. Uh, and that will, there's not a lot of consistency in the way that they're going to attack the defenses there. So the one thing that you can count on um, is the fact that Hertz can utilize the skills with his feet and make something happen. Now it's, uh, yeah, they need to put the ball in the air a little more to make this player develop as a complete quarterback. It make, it's, it's probably the reason why so many people question Philadelphia's commitment to him. 
But Sirianni's working with the talent there, and he needs to get the most out of him. If you want to look at that backfield, Balky, you mentioned a couple players uh, in that backfield that that I think we could take a look at for this upcoming season is Boston Scott, especially for your best balls. To me, uh, it, it's not far-fetched that Boston Scott's running game opportunities would increase, that he, that he catches the ball more out of the backfield. I think if they let Hurts loose in the passing game, Goddard and the running backs are the ones that are going to benefit. Um, consequently, Boston Scott increasing on uh, 373 yards last year, seven touchdowns. That's a lot of productivity around the goal line uh, for a guy that only had 87 carries. That's true. And Boston Scott basically free in the never-too-early best ball tournament yes, right now. True. Running back 76. He's going at the 1907. You know, basically when you're wrapping up your draft, you know, talk about some of these other running backs that Farrell's talking about. These younger, you know, could be undrafted guys, could be day three guys in the NFL draft. Lump Boston Scott in there uh, as well because he uh, could definitely pay off, especially when you're looking for spike weeks. Miles Sanders goes down. Maybe Boston Scott becomes more than just like a, you know, seven or eight point floor guy and really has one of those big spike weeks. Somebody to watch out for as well. Somebody uh, that we are always watching out for on this show are successful high stakes players. And I want to bring one in uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> He's been playing in high stakes FFPC Dynasty Leagues for the better part of a decade, manages several teams, but he mostly is picking up uh, orphans and rebuilding them. You might know him from his team names, Night Owls. That's the most popular one. In fact, Night Owls uh, was not only a, a team he uses to build orphans into perennial contenders and league champions in FFPC Dynasty, but that was the name of his team that won the 2021-2022 Football Guys Playoff Challenge this past season and the $100,000 that went with it. Please welcome into the show, making his debut on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, it is Chris Ballard. Chris, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. Congratulations on that 100K, man. That's awesome. Good for thank you. you. Thank you. Hi, Jim. Uh, How you doing? Thank you for having me this evening. It's, it's awesome to have you. Has a, a you know, we'll get to that. I want you to hold the story because we kind of talked about this a little bit. Hold the story and how you found out you won. But this hundred K has it sunk in? Is it is is any of the money left? Have you spent it all already? <laughs> um, like what? When did it become like? Oh my goodness, this this actually happened for you? Uh, probably a few days la later after after the Super Bowl. Once the uh, uh, you know, once the stats got finalized, that's kind of when it really sunk in that it was, you know, definitely real. And uh, yes, the money is already spent. Uh, <laughs> that's my man. Yes. <laughs> Got to pay off the mortgage and bills and all those type of things and fix up the house for the wife, all those all those good things. Well, and, and listen, happy wife, happy life, right? And now it allows you to, to enjoy playing fantasy football, gets you juiced up um, for uh, for the upcoming season as well. Um, before we talk fantasy football, because we do want to pick your brain tonight, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living when you're not cashing 100K in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge? Sure, sure. So um, I, I'm in the water industry. I've been in the water, water industry for about 25 years, uh, specifically for sales, about 20 of that. So I think that comes in helpful in the in, in the dynasty football where you got to do a lot of trades and figure out how to sell assets. So I think that's a skill that comes in handy. It's fantastic, Chris. Congratulations, man. It's a wonderful year. And I, you know, you decorated the house. I also I love what you've got going on behind you here over <laughs> your right shoulder. Uh, that appears to be a uh, Blakeway panoramic with the classic quarter inch mat in a wood frame. How fantastic. <laughs> what is that? What stadium is that? Uh, that's uh, the Ray Raymond James. That's from Super Bowl 55. Right there. Very good, brother. Very good. Well, you know, uh, you did a you do a great deal of fancy work. Balky, how many 
How many uh, dynasty teams? I believe if my count is right, Chris, you might know this better than me, but I think I counted 144 today. That's impressive. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> a gross of fantasy teams for Mr. Ballard. Uh, Chris, I have three. I just want you to know that I, I have three dynasty teams. A, a tr- the trading issue is part of it. That, uh, but I've, as a, as a new uh, dynasty player, uh, one of the th- one of the things that that I've yet to come to terms with is, is the trading. Uh, I think I've made a good one. Now I've got, I want to ask you about one. Okay. I had the uh, sixth pick of this year's first round, but I was weak at wide receiver. Uh, I admire Michael Pittman and have for a long time. I gave up my first round pick for Michael Pittman. Is that a trade you would have made? One six. Well, at one six. I would not have made it, but I can see I, I understand Stan making it. And I did I did have something similar. I think it was around the one eight, and I did almost pull the trigger on it. But I'm still a little I have a I, I couldn't quite get there to pull the trigger. But I I I am not gonna argue with you for why I think you probably made it, especially if you needed the wide receiver help. Thank you for uh for that counseling. Now I'll get I'll get to another <laughs> question. Hold, hold on, actually, Farrell, before you get to that, um, we got Dave Gerzak in the chat room right now. No, we, you don't. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, the Dizzle's in the chat room. He wants that to is know, fantastic. <clears throat> Chris, given how many teams that you run in the FFPC for Dynasty, do you feel like you send out a, a lot of trade offers or are you constantly, you know, more responding to trade offers? Are you usually the initiator or are you the reactor? It depends upon the, the time of the year. Um, this year, I didn't have as much time to send out trades as I normally like. I would say this time last year, right before the trade de- deadline, especially Right after the Super Bowl and b- before the trade deadline, I was sending out a lot of offers and just trying to feel it out, see what, uh, see where the market was taking it. And um, so I, it's definitely the, the time of year. Sometimes I'm sitting back and, and waiting, and then other times I'm being aggressive and, and, and seeing what the market says. Well, whatever you end up with in trades, you've got to figure out a lineup. You've got to come with your best lineup. And there are guys – that on your dynasty team that you've been riding into your lineup every week for all these years. So how does that work? Just tell me some lineup issues that you've had, because you've got all these teams. Do you just, do you spend a lot of time making that decision and tell us about your wins and how, you know, if you had any agonizing decisions there? Well, I, I think, uh, the, the the hardest part for the lineups is if you don't have enough quality running back. So that's always an issue. And I always try to put, especially during the regular season, I want to put as many running backs as I can in the flex positions. Now that may change in the playoffs. I, I may switch to more wide receivers in the playoffs if I can, but to get through the, I think to get to the playoffs, you, you need to try to be starting four running backs every week if you can. So that's, that's what I'm always looking for. Um, Getting back to um, the the 100K that you won when and I don't know how many how many lines you submitted in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge, but when you look back at the one that won, which by the way I have it in front of me right now, just to let the listeners know, the one that won Chris the 100K was Josh Allen at quarterback, um, two running backs on this team, James Conner and Joe Mixon, a lot of receivers, Devonta Adams, AJ Brown, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel. Tight end was Travis Kelsey, Daniel Carlson, and the Philadelphia Eagles. When you look back at that lineup, Chris, was there any near misses? Was there almost a guy that you flipped out 
um, at the last second or a guy when you were building this lineup that you're like, boy, flip a coin between these guys. I'm going to go with this one. But you almost went with somebody else. Was there anybody like that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was uh, James Conner. So uh, so going into it, I, I kind of have I am a multi lineup guy, but I do like to have kind of a, a, a general strategy that I adhere to. So for this playoffs, it was def I definitely wanted to go wide receiver heavy one tight end, two running backs. But to do the two running backs, I wanted, um, you know, uh, a pair of running backs that I felt could give me at least two solid, two solid game, two solid performances, uh, two weeks of 1A performance. Um, so looking at it at the last minute, so so Mixon was definitely my one, that was my, my, one, my one running back that I really wanted. The other going into week one, I was looking at uh, uh, Fournette. Um, but he was he was questionable, questionable the whole week. And obviously, I'm a Bucks fan, um, so I'm so I'm pretty tuned into it. I'm at a party that Saturday, like an hour before the games are starting. I'm running around like a lunatic, you know, asking people, you know, have you heard anything about Fournette? Is he starting? Is he going to get the bulk of the carries? So, you know, and I think it came out about an hour before that he he wasn't going to play. So immediately, oh. I had to go into change mode and then now start looking at all right, who am I going to put in that second running back spot? And, you know, and all my options, none of my options were great. I'm looking at, you know, a lot of running backs I thought were only going to be there one week. Connor was one. Uh, Jacobs was another. And um, and uh, Najee Harris for Pittsburgh. You know, I just didn't want to be a part of the Roethlisberger retirement party in, in uh, Kansas City. Um, and I also knew that if I went with Jacobs, then I was definitely that was definitely limiting because then I was going to for sure by having Mixon and Jacobs, one of those was going to go down. So I figured at least if I have Connor, um, you know, if he falls into the end zone, great. Um, and then also by by having him as well, if by some chance they were to win, the Cardinals were to have won, everybody else was going to be on Cooper Cup. So it would just been a wash and I would have had the two games from Connor. So that was kind of my logic on that. Makes perfect sense to me. I like it. Um, so now I want to, to to get to the story that I think is so fascinating. You went to the Super Bowl this year between the Rams and the Bengals. What can you tell? Well, number one, what can you tell the viewers about the experience of attending a Super Bowl in person? Um, and then with a few minutes to go in the game, when you're trying to follow the leaderboard and see, you know, what's going on in, you know, how your team's doing. Can you tell us about those last few minutes of the Super Bowl? And and that what that experience was like. Sure, sure. So so first of all, the stadium, SoFi Stadium, is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just an amazing, amazing uh, uh, stadium. I didn't even realize till we were going there that two thirds of the stadium is underground. So you're basically walking down to your seats. They dug and, a pretty big hole. <laughs> it is. And uh, you know, you know, once you're in there, I mean, the sound system, it's amazing, and and. You know, having gone to regular games, there's always a buzz for NFL games to begin with. But for a Super Bowl, the buzz is about 10 times bigger. It's just like electricity in the air. So it's it's just, it, you know, it's one of those amazing things. Um, and then what was your what was the second part of your well, question? Well, tell us, tell us about the last few minutes, <clears throat> excuse me, of the, of the game when you're trying to check to see how your team's doing. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm one of those people that's the, uh, the late adopters on changing out their cell phones. So I hold on to them way too long. And, uh, uh, you know, so with five minutes left in the game, my, my battery dies on my phone and I'm, and I'm, I'm out of luck as far as seeing what, what's going on in the game. I know I was in the lead, uh, when it, when it, when it shut down 
And this was getting into the point where uh, in the last couple minutes, and particularly, I think it was about a minute left when uh, Jamar Chase, he caught about a 17-yard pass. And I thought, oh, you know, I think that just did me. And I think he just overtook me on the uh, um, on the points. But I couldn't check it, of course. Yep. And, and so we were there. And I'm, I'm trying to get get updates on my uh, uh, my friend's phone that was there. And, uh, you know, the reception was terrible at that time. Like, must have, the, the network probably wasn't working or something. So we, I wasn't in the hole. We were in the hole. There you go. We were in the hole. So there was no reception. And uh, so, and if, and, and that stadium, it's, it's in a, basically a neighborhood. So trying to get out of there is really a nightmare. So we ended up walking a couple miles. It, it took a couple hours to get up to like a burger joint. Finally, we were able to sit down, look on his phone and think, okay, I think might've actually <laughs> pulled this off. So about two, two hours after the Super Bowl until he actually figured it out. That's unbelievable. And you won, I believe it was 1.8. I want to say there was 1.8 uh, difference um, that, that you ended up winning by. So congratulations uh, to you on that. Uh, by the way, our resident uh, Ivy League professor in the chat room, Hudson Kern-Reeve wants to know, did you like the halftime show, Chris? Was it a cool <laughs> halftime show for you? I, I did. I, I did like the halftime show. I'm, I'm one of those, uh, those, those middle-agers. So I grew up with a lot of those, uh, the performers. So, so yeah, it was a good, it was definitely a good halftime show. You look young enough to me, buddy. Maybe I don't. I don't. Solve. Hey, how cut down day go for you? I hate to take you out of your suit. I could talk all night about Super Bowl history, but we can't do that. Um, how many Super Bowls have you been to? Two. Been to two Super Good Bowls. Last year, the home one, and then this one. Good for you. All right, you're going to uh, a variety of uh, top games in in Dynasty. Uh, cut down date. My teams weren't that good, so some of it, it wasn't hard to get to 16, but there were some guys that I just didn't want to let go. I imagine your teams, especially the ones you've had for years, have been very good. What were some of the heart-wrenching decisions that you had to make? Well, it, it, the hardest ones, I think, are are some of the backup running backs that you'd like to have on your team just in case to see – what happens if something changes with the, you know, the marquee running back on the team and then all of a sudden they're elevated. The problem with those is that no one really wants to give up any draft capital because just like us, they don't, we don't know, we don't know what's <laughs> going to go on. So, so what I have you typically end up doing is so, so guys like um, Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, Herbert guys that have some, a little bit of spark last at the end of last season. And you'd like to see what they can do a little longer I end up having to cut cut those guys, and then I see if maybe I can get them back in the draft if I got enough draft capital, something like that. But those a are kind of hard. A competitor in one of my leagues dropped J.D. McKissick, and I found that a little surprising. Yeah. Said, you must have a good team if you can let McKissick go. Yep, yep, that's another one, yeah, having to let someone like that go, yeah. I was looking at um, some of your rosters today, uh, Chris, and, and one of the most owned players that you have is the tight end from Denver, Albert Okuwepanam. And I'm just curious, you look at Russell Wilson going to Denver now. Yes, we know he's got Sutton and Judy and Hamler and Tim Patrick and all those guys. I'm just curious, what's the case you would make for FFPC players not to forget about and sleep on Albert uh, Obuwekanam? Uh, Albert O. Got it the first yeah, time. I'll just try it again. I'll say um, Albert O myself as well. Yes, Albert O. Um, why should players uh, still keep him in mind for Dynasty, not only going forward, but especially this year too? 
Well, I, I think you got to listen to what the, the team is saying and not by their words, but by their actions. So they, you know, obviously, you know, they, they sent fan and it was part of a package to get Wilson, of course, but they still included him in that package to, to let him go to Seattle. And I know that, you know, he has some issues of didn't felt he was used correctly and more of a seam stretcher should have been, should be, in, which I agree with. But the fact of the matter is they, they, you know, they, they did that. They haven't anyone added anyone else yet. So you have to think that they have some, um, you know, have some thoughts towards him in their, in their game plans coming up. So, and I, from what I've seen in the past of some of his games, he looks like he's pretty athletic to me. So I'd like to see more of what he can do. I just can't believe they split up the Missouri connection of, of Locke and, and Albert O. The, <laughs> the dream was real. And then all of a sudden now it's, it's split up in, in Seattle and Denver. In any event, Farrell has a question about a guy that's um, maybe going a little bit higher in dynasty startups, which by the way, are going at myffpc.com at the 77 and $250 level also going at kffsc.com, but a guy that's going a little bit higher than that, uh, Farrell running back in the big easy. Ah, oh, running back in the big easy. I sure didn't want to talk a little bit about that tight end situation there in Denver Bucky. Let's get back to that after. Well, no, let's, let's no, let's, let's keep doing it. Like what? Well, what? the, Chris, I have a question. You know, there's a tight end that plays at Colorado State, and he was a top tight end all along, and, and I didn't think he would be the number one tight end off the board, but now I think he will be as Trey McBride. Um, short, a short move from Colorado State to the Denver Broncos. And I, you know, I just might be waiting on Albert until draft day. I, I see what's happening because I, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion. Okay, now, um, you know, Alvin Kamara so far has been one lucky cat because he's been kicked off the front pages of the scandal sheet from the NFL uh, with with all the Watson and the Rogers and the free agency and everything happening. Uh, no one's forgotten uh, of his misadventures in Las Vegas and. Uh, during Pro Bowl weekend, um, it's a short season in the in the FFPC. If you don't get into it and win early, and and you know, the, the, my goodness, if you've got Alvin Kamara on your team, you have to be a disciple of Chris Ballard because you have to have a lot of running backs because Albert might not be available. I've skipped him. I skipped him um, in, in every draft I've been in, even to the middle. And maybe late middle of the second round, I skipped him because availability to me is the greatest ability. What's your thoughts on Kamara? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I think that um, you know, especially if, if it's something for it's a if it's a startup draft or something like that or a, or a redraft, I would be avoiding him as well. I, I'm I'm tend to think that there could be a suspension looming that's maybe longer than some people might think. Right. Um, where I've got him, say if I've got him in Dynasty, I'm I'm probably, I hate to say it, but at least for the short term, at least trying to hold while I can, find out what that suspension is. And even if it has to go into the season, if there is a suspension, someone at some point's gonna want to have him for a, a playoff push. Yes. So, you know, my thought is if if you you want to get out at that point before he's coming off of that suspension, it's gonna be the time to to, to trade him away to a contender, if that's what you need to do to improve a dynasty roster. So whether, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Chris, but whether you have Camara or whether you don't have Camara, you would advise dynasty players to sort of just keep the status quo right now. Um, not trade them, not trade for him. 
Uh, if you, I just don't think you're going to get much right now in a dynasty to, to trade him away. Now, if someone's looking to, to, to offload him and if the price is cheap enough and, and I have a contending team, I might consider it if I feel like I can, my team is strong enough to carry me for several weeks to, to still be in contention with, you know, trading away some capital to get him. Um, so I, it's probably more of where, what, what kind of condition the team's in, I think. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I know a lot of people have been emailing about that. I have two specific emails from listeners here for you, Chris. First one's from Rick in Dearborn, Michigan. He says, hey, Chris, I know that all the offensive linemen that the Bengals added will obviously help protect Joe Burrow, but shouldn't Joe Mixon be able to put up bigger numbers this year running behind him as well? Congrats on the catch. Thank you, Rick in Dearborn, Michigan, for that email. And it's interesting, too, because I think a lot of the narrative is like, oh, look, the, you know, they've added all these these great offensive linemen that are going to keep Joe Burrow upright. But, you know, another beneficiary of that is bigger holes for Joe Mixon to run through. Is he in for another big season in 2022 like he had last year? I, I think the opportunity is there for him. Yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, we, I guess that's what we'll see. But I do think if, if they're bolstering the offensive line, um, you know, that, that that definitely could be if they give it, if they're going to give him the carries again. Um Something I would like to see. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'll just look at it, too, um, right now. And I don't, you know, Joe Mixon right now, as far as uh, the never-too-early best ball, running back eight at the 201, knowing that's how people are valuing him. Uh, Chris, in, in Dynasty, is he a guy that, that, you would, that you'd be willing to pay 95, 100, maybe 105 cents on the dollar for right now, knowing what could be in store for him this year? Yeah, I think that's about fair. That, that's That's – I think that's in a fair range. I probably wouldn't go higher than that. You know, I probably wouldn't be taking them earlier than that, but I think that's, that's pretty fair. Um, Hudson Curran Reeve also piping in, in the chat room right now. He wants to know where, where Joe Burrow should be ranked as a quarterback and redraft. And I'll tell you this, Chris, I want your opinion on this, but I can tell you right now, he's going off in the never too early attorney uh, as quarterback five right now uh, at the six Oh one. So he is at that five, six turn right now going off the board, um, ahead of guys like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. He's still going behind Mahomes, Herbert, and Jackson. Joe Burrow, um, is, is this a guy that you would be looking to get in business with at that 5-6 turn with only four quarterbacks off the board? I think so. Yeah, I, I, that's about where I have him. Yeah, I, I think I like him there. I like Dak as well in that range. So, yeah, about 5-6. Yeah, that's that's where I've got him, yeah. Harold, does that make sense to you? That area right yeah, there. Yeah. Like why? Why shouldn't you with those receivers? That offensive line. Uh, it gives me pause a little bit. You know, the team that loses the Super Bowl. That's uh, you know Buffalo. Buffalo did it a lot of years, and it didn't affect their ability at least to get back to the Super Bowl. But I, I don't think there will be a hangover effect, and I think this player's in for even a better season. Um. A, t a guy – okay, let's go to Mike in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Last email here for you, Chris. Uh, you write, what's going on, Chris? Is Tyreek Hill going to Miami, going to make Jalen Waddle a nice buy in dynasty drafts right now? So whether you want – thank you for the email, Mike. Now, if you want to get a guy uh, like like Jalen Waddle, is, is he a guy that you want to acquire knowing that he should be cheaper with, you know, Tyreek Hill being the de facto number one there? Does Waddle make a nice buy in Dynasty? Have you been sending out any trade offers for Waddle or, or looking to acquire him? I think my, I think people may be onto that same thought 
thought, and I, I don't think he's going to be as, as cheap as you think. I think a lot of people think he's going to get a lot of the underneath. He was already having some some breakout last year, so I don't think you're going to be able to get him that that on the discount. Um, so I probably wouldn't be trying to trade for him. <laughs> the aforementioned Devontae Smith uh, owners just, just wish they could get some of that similar <laughs> waddle underneath. Um, you said and, which just real just real quick, guys. I, I and I just I, I'm seeing it right now, and I just thought of this: Tyreek Hill is wide receiver eight, and then never too early best ball, and and Jalen Waddle is wide receiver fourteen. Yet everybody hates Tonga Vailoa. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just like well, we love Hill, we love Waddle, yeah, well, but uh, Tonga Vailoa, we want nothing to do with. They don't hate him anymore. They won't hate him when we get to when we get to Las Vegas. You'll be in Las Vegas, Chris Ballard. It appears you're everywhere you're supposed to. So you'll you'll be in Las Vegas. Um, a guy that will be in Jacksonville this year. And you said something very earlier in the uh, conversation tonight. Watch what the club does. And this has been an interesting uh, uh, player is Christian Kirk. People have talked to me and said Jacksonville overpaid for this player. And I said, I said, well, you know, that was early in free agency and Trent Balky. Uh, part of the family here is Balky, and I consider him. He, you know, he's setting the market. He understands what he wants to do. He has trust in his numbers, and the number was a little high, or was it? But Christian Kirk and Balky will give us the uh, uh, the Darren Armani numbers uh, on there. But uh, Christian Kirk, I haven't seen the bounce in the draft, but I'm watching what the club's doing, and I think they have a premium on this player. And I think we can count on this player to be a uh, target monster uh, for the Jacksonville Jags as the quarterback uh, matures and the team gets better. Am I right? Am I wrong? And and uh, what are you doing with Christian Kirk? Uh, well, I yeah, you know, I definitely think it's what the market will bear. And I think he was one of the better free agents out there. I guess for me, um, I, I kind of want to see what this season entails. I I think I think he had about a you know, he had improved this last year at about a thousand yards, five touchdowns, something like that. Um, you know, if he can get close to that, I, I think there is going to be a little bit of transition. He may not quite get to that, but if he can get close to it, then I think I'll be excited for 2023 with another, with a full year to build upon that. If he can just get close to that, I, I would be, I would be in on that. I think he does much different quarterback, much different idea about uh, how they want to compete. So I'm, I'm with you there. Over. Um, wider series 49 in the never too early tourney uh, at the 1103. He is Good going morning. right behind Chris Olave and Marquez Valdez Scantling right ahead of his former teammate, Rondale Moore and uh, the new Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Russell Gage. Hey, you're a Tampa fan, uh, Chris, you gotta be loving this Gage signing, right? Yeah, I think that's a yeah, I think that is a good signing for them. I mean, definitely they needed a, a number three receiver. And um, you know, I think that's you know, I think that's it's a it's a good fit, quite honestly. I think so. Fantasy wise, is is Gage a guy that you're looking to uh to 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 get on your rosters this year, be it dynasty or redraft? If the price is right. <laughs> and I'll tell and I should have prefaced this too. Like you know, obviously in Dynasty it, it it's it's a little bit different because you know he's owned in a lot of leagues, but as far as um um never too early, eleven oh nine. So fifty receivers are going off the board on average, and then gauge to me that that sounds like a pretty good value, yeah. in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's a good value. Um, we touched on it earlier, the $100,000 you won in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge. You you spent a lot of it, mortgage, renovations, bills, whatever. Can you give us one fun thing you did with at least some of the money, Chris? <laughs> Tell me you went out and and you know bought something cool. You you went out and 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 did something fun. It, it, was there any sort of enjoyment um, that you got out of it, or just the relief of of getting a lot of burdens uh, out of your way? Well, I I think the you know the uh, the fun thing for me, quite honestly, was you know I I knew I was gonna. I didn't know if I would win first or second or third or tenth. I knew there would be something there. So to be able to go to another Super Bowl with my friend to get out there and go do another one. That was kind of the, that was the fun thing to me. That's fantastic. Are you, are you living in Tampa? Just South of Tampa. I'm, I'm just South of Tampa. Well, if I was traveling like I used to, and I knew that you and I would be uh, at, at the owner's meeting at the breakers in, um, in <laughs> down in, in, in South Florida, uh, sitting at the bar and seeing who we could get to talk to us. And I would have conveniently left my wallet in the room. So I would, uh, yeah, it, everything would be working out if, if things, uh, yeah, yeah. No, well, there's always next year. Um, what does the NFL draft mean to you um, as a dynasty player? Do you get excited about it? Do you follow it in great depth? Uh, is is there anybody that you already know, uh, entry level players that coming into the league that you that you're targeting, and players that you would be staying away from? And I know we're all getting ready to draft, and I know you have uh, all these teams with with at least eleven uh, competitors in each league and Balky and I are trying to increase the numbers. So we want them to listen where they can understand what you're going to do ahead of the fact. So if you want to give disinformation, you're certainly allowed. <laughs> no, the kind of guy you are, I think you'll shoot us straight. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody that you absolutely love? And is there anybody that you're going to keep your distance? From? Well, I, I'll, I'll take the low hanging fruit, Brees Hall. I mean, you, you give me Brees Hall. I'll, I'll take that to the bank. Okay. Every day. Um, you know, uh, if you're talking about like sleepers and things like that, well, quick question for you guys. Uh, Georgia rookie uh, running back on your draft board. Who is it? Well, I mean, I, I, listen, I'm a Florida state guy. And the fact that uh, Dalvin cook's brothers out there definitely has my spidey sense tingling. So that's probably, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily super excited about him, Chris, but that that's probably the guy I'd be most excited about. I know white's a guy, Zamir white too. Is, is a guy I know a lot of people like. But for me, I'm not super excited about either one of them. But should I be? <laughs> well, and that was kind of my point. Was the per- I think my perception is if you ask that question, a lot of people, they're going to say James Cook. Uh-huh. And for me, I'd rather have Z- Zamir White. And I don't think you're hearing a lot about him. So for me, I think that would be someone that I'm, I'm going to be targeting some. If, if, if people are going to overlook him. 220 pound back. He had a good combine. That's someone for me. I think they're both being overlooked. And the reason I picked Cook in that scenario is, as you can tell by my gray hair, I'm older than you two gentlemen. I need to win now. And he can catch some balls. <laughs> he can catch some balls. And that, that's that's what I think a rookie back will be doing. And uh, so, so you know, I'm, I'm all for him. I'm working this win now situation, Mr. Bowden. Um, 
Chris, I, I know you touched on a couple of running backs. This is a, a fairly deep receiver draft. I mean, we're, we're going to see a significant amount of receivers go in, in the first and second round. Do you have any favorites there or any guys that you're like, okay, I, I know this. there's a lot of people talking this guy up, but I'm not sold on him. What about receivers for you? Are there, is there any polarizing guys there for you? Uh, I, you know, I think that there's a, you're right. There's, there's several of these receivers coming out. I, you know, I'll probably be looking for which one falls to be honest. you know, if I see one that falls, I'll, I'll probably be trying to, to, to grab that one. Um, you know, I, th- I think some, some, some went up a little bit and, and then you had, I think, uh, Burks that came back a little bit after the, after the combine. So, you know, it, it seems like there's a, a pretty heavy pack there. Um, you know, also I look at kind of later in the in the in the rookie drafts. You know, if guys are falling like ones that were productive, take take a David Bell or something like that. He didn't have, you know, he didn't run very well at the combine. But if I can get a, a productive guy and 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 he's dropping, I'll, I'll give that a shot too. Um, final question here for you, Chris. This comes from our dynasty commissioner, Dave Gerzak, and he wants to know as as a high volume FFPC dynasty player. What what can the FFPC do better to improve the experience for you as a player? Uh yeah, less of a cut down. Eighteen, it's it's hard to get to sixty. <laughs> hang on to all those running backs. <laughs> exactly, eighteen. I can. Sixteen's tough. You got to you got to take some deep cuts at sixteen. We'll we'll call it the Khalil Herbert Chris Ballard adjustment uh, <laughs> if if it ever happens and we appreciate your uh, feedback on that. We also appreciate you carving some time out on Friday night. I know you're busy, man. Uh, so this was awesome to to talk fantasy football with you tonight. Congrats on the hundred k. Um, good Thank luck. You. But you got you got down to sixteen in, in one hundred and forty four teams. I think you should take the weekend off and relax because <laughs> that couldn't have been easy. But thank you so much for joining the show, man. Be good, and we'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate you. You gentlemen have a good evening and thank you for having me. Thank Chris you, Ballard, guys. ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the Ballard. Great stuff from him. <laughs> um, loved, loved hearing all everything he had to say about no not kidding. only the Super Bowl experience, but having to, you know, essentially hoof it to a burger joint in Los Angeles um, two hours after the Super Bowl ends to find out if he won a hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars. Mind blown there. Um, I, I can't imagine uh, doing that. Just real quick, um, Farrell, the one thing, um, and there's obviously different things we could have picked out of that interview. The one thing I had was um, putting the running backs in 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 flexes to start, at least to start off the season. He wanted to load up on running backs there. And that's something I think in full PPR leagues and in tight end premium leagues like the FFPC, we don't necessarily always hear that, right? Um, it seems like so many people are are breaking their necks to get these these receivers and tight ends. Um, but Chris went the opposite way, and I wonder if this is like um, sometimes zagging when everybody else is zigging. This is one of those instances where it can really pay off. It could well be, and he can also be taking running backs that are all going to be in the neighborhood of 50 catches a year, of 400 to 600 yards rushing, and that they don't function much in point scoring much differently than wide receivers anyway. You take a guy like Pollard, uh, I would be happy flexing him early. You flex him often. Yeah, no, it, and and uh, well, I mean, a guy that you know, I don't know if you want to flex him right away, but by, I mean, you touched on Boston Scott earlier too. Mm-hmm. That'd be another guy that you know, if if the chips are down, you could do a lot worse than Boston Scott as mm-hmm. your second flex for sure. So, thank you to Chris Ballard, the hundred thousand dollar football guys playoff challenge winner. 
uh, owner of uh, 144 uh, FFPC Dynasty teams. We certainly Fantastic. appreciate his input. Yeah. Now, um, I do want to, I don't know if we'll get to emails. There's two things I, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on, Farrell, that happened this past week um, that were reported on around the NFL. And I want to go over to New York here. Brian Dable, the new head coach for the, for the Giants, said he watched a lot of film before 2021 on Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney to find out how to utilize the receiver, Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Giants, put this out on Twitter. Galladay um, missed three games to injuries, 76 targets. He only caught 37 of them for 521 scoreless yards, 14.1 uh, yards per catch last year for Galladay. That was the lowest of his career. Kadarius Toney, we all got very excited about when he came back. 10 catches for 189 against Dallas in, in week five. But then of the final seven games of the season, he missed six of them due to injury. Jason Garrett, I wouldn't say is necessarily the greatest offensive schemer for dynamic players, but Brian Dable just watched Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis um, uh, th this, uh, this, this past year, uh, past couple of years when he was in Buffalo as the OC. How much of an impact can Dable have on resurrecting the fantasy value of Kenny Galladay and really transforming Kadarius Tony into a big time breakout. I think Tony's going to get there, um, no matter who the coach is. Uh, now that Coach Garrett has perhaps moved on, I thought that the problem was not uh, so much with the underperformance, but it was the mix of the personnel. Everyone looked uncomfortable all season long, and. Uh, the best way to do that, to, the best way to break out of something like that is to force the ball to one player like they did later in the season with Tony. Um, Tony is the player I was most excited about and right up to the draft. Nobody was talking much about him uh, last year. Galladay remains a mystery. He will do better. Where do you draft him? We've all been burnt so badly. Uh, I have him on a couple of dynasty teams and um, I didn't release him. I don't expect to be playing him. It's a wait-and-see approach with this player. So many good receivers coming into the league this year. Galladay will continue to be pushed down the board until we get reports from, from preseason football that, hey, it's really clicking because, you know, no one's seen – no one's proven uh, – no one has been completely behind the unproven quarterback there as well. He sure can run with the ball from town to town. Yeah, he can. Um, Galladay, wide receiver 55 right now in the FFPC NTE tournament. That's at the um, 1301 right now. That's Alan Lazard, Tim Patrick territory. So certainly I don't know if he can fall much further than that, given his upside. And then Kadarius Toney um, is going higher than that. He's wide receiver 38 at the 901. That is Adam Thielen, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks territory. So that's mm -hmm. where you're getting Tony, uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak does like uh, Tony this year as well. Uh, final uh, news uh, I want to get to, and I kind of teased it at the top of the show. Um, the Athletic had a report, a quote from Andy Reid talking about the addition of Ronald Jones uh, to their team. He gets a one-year, $5 million deal uh, to join Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the backfield. Reid said uh, Jones is a tough runner with good vision. He said he needs the opportunity to feel like he's a major part of the offense. Yes. And Reed says he is going to give him that opportunity. He called uh, Edwards Alaire and Jones a pretty good combo. Jones, by the way, 
239 yards over expected on inside runs. That was second best in the NFL to no surprise, Derrick Henry. Jones was also second in the NFL in expected points added per rush. So he is a tough nose runner and seems to be the, the yin to uh, Clyde Edwards, uh, Lair's yank. We know that Daryl Williams is not going to be back there. I don't, I, I'd be pretty surprised at this point if Jarek McKinnon comes back. They could obviously add somebody in the draft as well. But at this point, Farrell, and, and I think Darren Armani put this out on Twitter earlier this week, Ronald Jones shot way up after this. And this is a guy that you look at um, him being kind of like maybe borderline flex-worthy on any mm -hmm. given week. But if Edwards Alaire goes out, I mean, sky's the limit for Ronald Jones in that offense, right? Yeah, and, and they are a great complementary pair uh, to each other. Uh, I've always been a big Jones fan. I think he can catch the ball well, too, and there's nothing I can add new to this conversation other than tell you I can't think of a player that needed a fresh start somewhere more than Ronald Jones did. And, and um, yeah, I'm all for him. They've had a Dukes mixture of running backs there that, that have stepped up and played well in the offense. That's a good sign for Ronald Jones because there, there's guys that have stepped in and been very, very productive. And now they have a, a different sort of player to be productive with in Kansas City. I like it, Paul. Yeah, I do too. Running back 43, 11-11 on average, although he is creeping up. In fact, over the last seven days, he's been picked as high as the 10-01. So the 9-10 turn, maybe that's where he finds a home. That's Rashad White, James Robinson, Raheem Mostert, and Daryl Henderson territory. That's the, the, the five running backs that are going in that area right now currently. That's a big part. That's at the end of the 11th round. Well, where those guys are going on average. Okay, let's get to, we'll pound out. I don't know if we'll get to two emails, but we'll definitely get to this first one. And Andrew in Livermore, California has uh, been wondering about this for the last couple of weeks. He writes, who worries you more in FFPC drafts this year, guys? Keenan Allen or Mike Evans? Thanks, fellas. Thanks to Andrew in Livermore, California for this email. Um, Keenan Allen, obviously uh, another year older. They, they get Mike Williams back on the big money deal. They draft Josh Allen, uh, or not Josh Allen, Josh Palmer last year, um, I believe in the third round. So that, and you know, they, they bring in Gerald Everett as well. Um, so there, there are some pass catchers for Justin Herbert to, to work with. And Austin Eckler might see the most targets of any of them, given how much he targets him out of the backfield. Um, Mike Evans goes to a situation. We kind of talked about the top of the show that they might be a little bit more run heavy. Um, Chris Godwin is still there. They get Russell Gage. Rob Gronkowski could still come back to Tampa, even if he doesn't. Cameron Brait is there. Um, so there, there's a, a pass catchers there as well. Um, who worries you more? Farrell, I think for me it's Keenan Allen. Um, with Mike Evans, and maybe it's because I own Mike Evans in several dynasty leagues and I want to you know, pump him up in, in my own uh, you know, head. Um, but I, I think that they're, they're just, you know, there's a little bit more worry – worrisome issues with Keenan Allen with injuries, age, uh, everything like that. Um, I love both their quarterbacks, but I think I'd be a little bit more concerned drafting Keenan Allen than Mike Evans this year. Andrew and Balky, uh, bury your concerns. We're not living in fear here on the high stakes fantasy football. No matter, <laughs> why would you? How many touchdowns Evans last year? 14? That sounds right. Yeah, 14, 15. Uh, how many receptions, Allen? Over 100? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Every year. So yeah. they're going to collide at the same point. Uh, uh, fantasy, fantasy points, they're going to be very similar. Now, I think I agree with you, Balky. Uh, Evans is the better player 
at this point in his career. However, in our fantasy world, um, Keenan Allen is, is the earlier pick. Uh, my strategy for these two players, if you find yourself assigned to a draft position at number nine and, and one of the better running backs falls to you and you can get one of the top three tight ends in the second round, there is a potential uh, that you get both these players and then, Andrew, your worries will just, just go away. You'll have no worries because you'll have the, the formation of a fantastic team. Um, I love both these players. They cannot uh, be overdrafted, and they're the kind of guys that will take you to the championship. Put these guys on your team. Put some younger players around them. You got it made. Uh, made in the shade with pink lemonade, and we love that uh, analysis from uh, Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. I apologize to the rest of the emailers. Uh, I will do my best to get to as many as we can next week, but we are out of time for this week. Uh, Farrell, I want to thank you. We'll obviously sign up for the Run to Daylight Challenge. Please. We're going to sign up for the Draft Masters at kffsc.com and check that out uh, there and everything uh, as you get prepped for yet another year of the live events in Cincinnati and the live events in Louisville. Can't wait for it. We're counting down the days for it. Uh, be good. We'll do this again next Friday, man. See you then, Balky. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter at Elliott. You follow the KFFSC on Twitter at KFFSC. And, of course, check out KFFSC, KFFSC.com for all your Kentucky fantasy football needs. Um, I want, in addition to Farrell, I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you uh, for listening and watching tonight. If you're watching here, we really appreciate that. Um, special happy birthday to my daughter who turned seven years old today. Uh, shout out to Emma. So, and she had a lovely party with her family tonight. She's going to get her, uh, her inner circle of friends partying tomorrow. Um, so she's very excited for that. So happy birthday, honey. I love you. Um, and that is, by the way, as first time I've mentioned, this is a bow on season 10. We have now completed 10 years of the high stakes fantasy football hour podcast, now video podcast. Um, it, it, it's very exciting stuff as we kick off season 11 next Friday at 10, nine central, the season 11 premiere. Very excited for that. Uh, as a reminder, dozens of dynasty orphans available, myffpc.com uh, at slash dynasty for sale. I think Dizzle said we're down to like 23 or 24 of them. So they're going fast as far as those orphans go. We do have startups available at the 77 and $250 levels at myffpc.com slash dynasty as well. Uh, the never too early best ball tournament is going hot and heavy. 30 second timer, two hour timer, six hour timer, uh, 60 second timer, whatever you want on that. You can pound out one of those and uh, 125 bucks can turn into 25 grand this year for you. Good luck, and uh, hopefully you're joining that and getting your ducks in a row there. Uh, register for um, the other best ball options we have at myffpc.com. Plenty of closed 12-team leagues, slow, live, sit-and-go, uh, varsity format, Terminator format, Superflex, everything there at myffpc.com. And uh, don't forget, we are giving away a million dollars to the winner of the FFPC main event this year. The first FFPC millionaire will be awarded uh, coming up in uh, about eight months or so, right around there. And then we'll be talking about the 2023 season. Uh, officially, we will be back uh, next uh, Friday at 10, 9 Central. We're going to probably get a lot of Dynasty guests lined up for you. Get your Dynasty, um, you know, all your teams prepped. Know what you need to do for the rookies, for the rookie drafts coming up as well. That is going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Can't wait to do this all again for you next week. Your weekend officially starts now. <laughs>
this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. One other thing I should mention is um, we, we tend to get rookie fever this year, and I'm, I'm drafting some best balls or what have you. Um, I don't, and this is something I'm probably have to bring up with the guests. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong, but I've been drafting a lot of rookies so far uh, on my squads. Um, Brees Hall, Chris Olave, uh, uh, Traylon Burks, um, Kenneth Walker, uh, Isaiah Spiller. I don't know if, if I'm doing it right, as the kids say. So something to, to think about. If you have any thoughts, highstakesfantasyfootball@gmail.com. We'll read those emails on the air next week. Be good, everybody. Uh, enjoy the basketball games this weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday.